Welcome to the Boonville Worship Center Sermon Podcast. I want to move into a moment of testimonies. So you can be seated. It feels a little like we're going from grief to rejoicing. Like, does that even, like, feels, it seems like it should feel weird, but um, it's like the enemy hates our young people. But God says, I'm, I'm coming in and riding on, my, on our young people. And so I'm just going to ask a few um it's been a big weekend for some of the people of this body. A group of us went down to the Asbury Revival in the last day or two, and a couple of them were really met by the Lord. It was really special to be able to experience this and to be in the midst of like thousands and thousands of hungry people for the Lord. And most of them couldn't even get in the room, really. Then we ourselves had a youth walk in and, and guys, I want you to listen to me. God showed up. God showed up. And we need to hear what God is doing. So I've invited some of these guys that have experienced a, 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 an encounter with the Lord this weekend for them to share so that you know what God's doing. And so that you like, I, I just I just want us to get on the edge of our seat and say, God, we're watching and we're waiting and we're listening and we're craving for you. We're craving for a move in our young people. So go ahead and come on up. If that's you, Mary, come on up. Whoever it is, even if I didn't talk to you or you didn't touch base with me and you feel like you have a word that you want to share. Do you want to go first? <laughs> Okay, I wrote everything down so I wouldn't forget any of it. Um, I'll just say it wasn't something or anything like I expected it to be. Um, I didn't actually even expect to get into the auditorium, but God made a way for us to get in, thankfully. Um, but especially as someone who is a part of Gen Z, um, I remember we were all standing in line and we couldn't believe that God picked us like we're usually the forgotten age group so like people don't like there's not a lot of ministries even around here that deal with college-age students or just Gen Z in general but thankfully in this church there is because I don't know where I'd be without it um, but even as you step onto the lawn you could feel the presence of God there's a glory cloud over that entire area and even before we got there, I'd say we were about an hour out and we stopped at a gas station and two guys were praying for each other, proclaiming that God is on the move and doing great things, breaking off the spirit of depression, suicidal thoughts, and just anxiety and mental health things in general. Um, so it's not just hitting Asbury, but the whole area around it too. And it's not staying there, it's heading everywhere. I mean, we met people from Arkansas, um, Georgia, Connecticut, just all over the United States they came. But we waited for about three hours outside in line. When we were getting towards the front of the auditorium doors, a few people of the older generations were cheering us on. These people were in their 50s, 60s, and 70s, just praising the Lord around us for being there and asking us to share with them what the Lord is doing in our lives. I witnessed a girl, probably 19 or 20, she had proclaimed to these older people that this was the first time in four years that she's been sober. And she praised God for saving her just right there on the lawn. And these are the cheerleaders that us Gen Z needs. So many people are so afraid to get old and to become older, but we need you guys to pray for us and go before us and pave the way for us. Um, as I was sitting there in the line, I just heard the Lord say, this is a generation of zealots, Gen Z. I'm gonna cry. When we get in there, when we got in there, it's not what I expected. There was no flashing lights, no loud performances or celebrity worship artists. There was no certain ambiance to catch your emotions. It was literally just an old auditorium with students leading worship. So old that they told us you couldn't jump in the balcony during worship because they weren't sure if the building could handle it. It's not what we consider perfect. Really, it was just organized chaos. There's absolutely no hype to it. 
There's no trying to capture your emotions with the performance. It's just Gen Z and Jesus. When we made it inside, my body immediately felt heavy. After a few minutes, my body wouldn't stop shaking. I was begging God to let up, let his spirit up just so I could stand up to worship. It felt like if it were to have been any heavier, I would have died. And I begged him to make it a little lighter so that I could move. My chest was tight, my legs weighed a ton, and it was just the holiness of God over the entire place. The Lord spoke to me. He said, I'm in control of your physical being. I just want your mind and emotions to line up too. He said, become undignified before me like everybody in the room. And I felt the shift in the air. And even today, I'm starting to see the fruit of it. And I just got back last night. This isn't my generation chasing the hype. If you have the opportunity to go, do it. Even if you don't make it inside, just go and experience the glory cloud over the entire place. This is real. So if you have doubts, go and check it out for yourself. Because I guarantee the Lord will meet you there. So starting kind of the same as Kaylee, like I came in, I was like, there, I don't want there to be any, any expectations on how it's supposed to look. Because if you have expectations and it doesn't meet, then you get let down. So we get there and our, like, I know for sure Kaylee's phone wasn't working. Like we could get some calls and some messages, but like, that was it. And normally I'd be like freaking out, like, why is my phone not working? Like the whole time I was like, it's fine. Like if someone really needs us, we'll know. But like, even when we, when we, fully got into the building after like a three-hour wait like there you couldn't even call or message like you had to like walk out of it but so we get in there like the whole time before that they had like the screen up on the lawn so like you could see what's going on there I mean two three hundred people on the lawn that were sitting up there probably more and so that was but in like the spot that we were like just where like they were praying over us as we were like walking through so at one point they like have us on our knees we're all praying and i mean every single person i think on that lawn was on their knees just praying and we were all like just worshiping as we're like walking in the building sitting on the steps until we get in and they're giving testimonies one guy one one guy like was dealing with depression so after they were praying over that this group behind me which was asbury students were praying over another person and they just started like singing started singing so we're all over there jumping and singing and praying over this I don't even know who it was because there was like I mean a massive group just standing by these chairs and they just start singing and then the whole auditorium just stops besides that one group and just starts singing that song with us so we're all jumping screaming not the balcony because that would have been scary but I mean like it it looked kind of scary so we're all out there singing he's just like this is what it should be like it didn't matter what anyone else on stage was doing didn't matter like if they had their own agenda whatever but they were like they stopped for this moment for this whoever it was to start singing this song and they're singing this song and like people around us like start falling out and God was like this is what it should look like it shouldn't be like you do a couple songs you're good and it was just like it should be undignified and I was just like it should look like this even in our private time that's what I was telling Kay last night on the way back I was like, this is what it should look like in our private time and what we're doing. Like, it shouldn't just be reading the word and then we're doing whatever for the rest of our day. We were at Asbury and we waited over four hours and we still did not get into the building. And um, we ended up meeting a very nice couple and they saved our spot in line and um, we went to the McKenna Chapel even though it wasn't the big chapel it's like I realized that God was everywhere not just I can scripture read if that's okay okay so through the whole um, like for the past month I've had a, a strong scripture on my heart it's Jeremiah 29 11 through 14 it says for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and you will find me. When you search for me within your heart, I will 
be found by you, says the Lord. And I will bring you back from captivity, and I will gather you from all the nations and back from all the places where I have driven you, says the Lord. And I will bring you to the places from which I caused you to be carried away captive. So I was at the lock-in on Friday night, and Friday was just a chaotic day for everybody with the loss of Ashton and a lot of people. So I wasn't really sure what to expect. There was prayer here before, and I wasn't really sure it was going to go the same as any other walk-in. Um, about 11.45 that night, we were going to end the night with prayer and worship and go into the new day with prayer and worship. So it was about, it was supposed to be just about an hour. Well, then the youth took over and it led to three hours. We worshiped for three hours. And it wasn't just like any other, it didn't feel like a show. It was, it was pure and kids were pouring their heart out and it felt, it felt real. I, after that, I was still hungry, but we had to continue on with the night. So the next morning, um, I went to Asbury with some of the other people and the line was probably over a mile long. I was like, there's no way we're going to get in. So we went to a smaller chapel, McKenna, and let me tell you, the spirit was moving just as much in that small chapel as it was in that big chapel. So it doesn't matter where you are, who you're with, it will still move you if your heart is there. It was nothing like I've ever experienced. It was great. Um, I just want to say that um, last night, um, the other night at the lock-in, um, we were singing. Uh, we were singing songs for like three hours, and it just kept on going back and forth forever. And it was, it was beautiful. Like, it, you, you couldn't even imagine it. It was just so beautiful. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Isn't God good? How many would just pray and begin to pray and agree with just open heaven? God opened the floodgates over this generation, over all of us. Amen. And may the younger generation feel us behind them as their biggest cheerleaders, ushering them and pressing them into the presence of God. Amen. Amen. God's so good. So God, we love You and we just honor You and we thank You for these powerful testimonies. We thank You for, for breaking through barriers, for, for softening hearts, for opening up minds, opening up ears. We thank You for these encounters, God, that's changing lives that only, only could be done in Your presence. And so Lord, we just want to we just want to say yes. We just want to be a part of what You're doing. We celebrate what's happening at Asbury, and we celebrate that it is spreading, that Your presence is moving all over the world, God, where people are hungry for You, God. You're meeting them there. It's just like these precious young girls shared. God, they didn't get into the big building, but it didn't matter because wherever they got and knelt before You, You melt them there. Your presence is it has no barriers by walls. And so, God, we just want to give You our yes as a church and say, God, do it in us. Do it in us, God. And grab your Bible. I want to I share uh, just a few things with you this morning and see where the Holy Spirit just wants to lead us. And uh, I want to have you, if you would, turn in your Bible to Genesis in chapter 2. And, uh, and then we'll, we'll move on from, from there in a few places. But how many are just thankful for the gentle spirit that you feel this morning in this place just all morning long i just kind of felt like he's just like wooing us in to him just like wooing us in you know come and be with me just come and sit i'm so grateful for the presence of god amen well let me dig into a little bit of stuff here i don't uh his timing is just so good we had the baptism last week and um, now I was going to share this message with you. Then the Lord kind of switched it up and had me minister on not letting our hearts be troubled because He knew what we needed to hear. Amen. And um, 
And so I'm, I'm going to share a little bit today about, uh, about entering into His rest. And, but this is my last message. I'm, I've been preaching on, on, having a, on the thoughts of God and on, on a godly mindset right and like living and dwelling and being like in everything that we're doing like leaning in like god what's your not just not just the the what but the why and the how to really know god's thoughts behind everything amen because there's there's intimacy and there's personalness in that and so we've just been walking through this a little bit and uh, and just learning to even more so align ourselves with his voice and his word and and just conforming to the thoughts and the ways of god uh, I talked about uh, the different mindsets there on that first week, and then two weeks ago we talked about operating in the in the will of God and under the thoughts of God, and and we talked about the the power of blessing and living in His blessing, and and how increase and fruitfulness and favor flow out of out of obedience, and so. Uh, so I'm picking up with that. So I want to talk about entering His rest, but. But, but I want you to keep this perspective. If I want to talk about entering His rest from the revelation of understanding the thoughts of God. Like why God has called us to rest. Because when we understand why He's called us to rest, right? Then you'll, you'll see the power in it. And so the thoughts of God entering into His rest and let me just dive in a little bit because I'm going to have to just kind of pick and choose and let the Holy Spirit lead here on uh, on where I'm, what I'm supposed to release and and not. Uh, let me let me just say, uh, we live in such a busy and somewhat chaotic time, don't we? And uh, I think it's probably one of the things that is so beautiful about. This revival and this outpouring at Asbury is it's just put the kid, they've just stopped. They don't want, there's no phone, there's no business. So God's just allowing in probably one of the most chaotic generations ever to just rest because God understands how important rest is. Amen. And so I, it's just beautiful because I've had this sermon ready for four weeks now and, I, and I've just been kind of getting to it and then everything is just kind of unfolding because that's how God is. Amen. But we, but here's we, here we are. So with that in mind, I'm just saying it's so important. It's so important for us to understand uh, and to see God's design and His call for us to rest. And so, I want to talk about the Sabbath. Uh, I've been doing some deep studying uh, in in the thoughts of God and the ways of God because this is this is the thoughts of God. It, it's not just His ways. It's not just the what, but it's the why. So I've been studying the thoughts of God. I've been digging in deeper. And, and I went through and I've been studying even all of the feasts. Like, what, why, what did the feasts mean? Right? And, and everything about the feasts were prophetically pointing to Jesus. Of course, we know He fulfilled all of those. Um, but still, yet the why and all these different aspects of it. And then, and then I just got stuck on this. And so I want to talk about the Sabbath for just a little bit. And um, uh, uh, God, the promise that we have to be invited in to enjoy the Sabbath. And let me just say, say a couple of things real quick. But um, when, you, when you think about the Sabbath, you think about the day of rest, it, it's, not a, uh, it, it, it's, it, it's an act of regular intentional trust of Christ's rule. Like just taking that time. I'm just trying. Those kids are laying up in that sanctuary right now and they're just trusting in the world of God. He reigns. He's going to take care of it. And God call, He's called us to this place. It's a, it's a time to be still, to obey His presence, to give our bodies and our minds time to rest because our Creator built us. He knows what we need, guys. Right? And, uh, and then just to enjoy what He's given us. Are you glad God just wants to, you to enjoy what He's given you? Like to really be able just to say, ah, this is amazing. You take a walk and you look up and all this stuff. And so, so let me let me just read some scriptures real quick. I'm gonna, but Genesis and two, you guys there? Uh, Genesis two, and in verse one through three. I just want to read this. We know this, but let's just read it to, and kind of get back to God's design for us, guys. Like God's design. So Genesis two and verse one. Thus the heavens and the earth. 
and all the hosts of them were finished, and the seventh day God ended His work uh, which He had done, and He rested on the seventh day from all of His work which He had done. Isn't that good? In verse 3 says, And God blessed the seventh day, and He sanctified it, because in it He rested from all His work which God had created and made. God blessed the seventh day and He sanctified it. Okay. Um, on the seventh day, God rested from His work. Now turn to Exodus right there. Okay. Turn to Exodus in chapter 20. And then here we jump into the, the, the commandments that God released through Moses. So in Exodus in chapter 20, we'll jump in uh, at verse 8 in the, in the process of the release of these commandments. And you get to verse 8, and it says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you'll labor and do all of your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath day of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your, uh, your stranger who is within your gates. Uh, let me see, let's, let's do verse 11 too. For in six days the Lord uh, made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that's in them, and He rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, and He, and he hallowed it. He, 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 he made uh, reverence to, to the seventh day. So, so here now, we have in creation, God rested, and He sanctified the seventh day. And then in releasing the commands to the children of Israel, then now God gives the command within the commandments uh, for, the, for, for the Sabbath day to be observed, to, to work six days and to rest on the seventh. Amen. Everybody with me? Please stay with me. It's gonna, I'm going to bring this around here in a, in a little bit. Um, because again, I'm talking about having a godly mindset. I'm talking about how, how different our lives would be if we really aligned with God in His Word, and not just, not just as robots, I'm doing this because God said do this, but really understanding the heart of God behind the things that He designed for us to truly commune with Him and grow in Him in deeper ways. So God, help us truly truly grab a hold of your heart in this. And just understanding, guys, that rest is part of God's will for us. Now, we understand that He designed our, our bodies to shut down, to, to cease uh, activity for several hours a day when we go to sleep. Right? Like God designed our bodies to shut down. That, that time of, of sleep. Um, Psalm 127. It's one of my favorite verses in verse 2. It says, It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, and to eat the bread of sorrows. In other words, to worry, to worry, to worry. Anxiousness, anxious, anxious. For so, He gives His beloved sleep. How many are thankful He gives His beloved sleep? Amen? I love it. You need to declare that. Those of you that are having a hard time sleeping and going to rest because you can't shut your minds down, come on. You need to just get this verse, man, and write it. Do something right there where it's by you. And you just begin, this is God's heart for me. God designed me to rest. Amen? And it's so beautiful. But now, but now I want you to understand something because this, this is where we struggle at a little bit. That's verse 2. But verse 1 before God gives that promise in there, verse 1, the Word says, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, then the watchmen stay awake in vain. So that's really powerful when you put that together because now God, He's talking and He's saying, hey, guys, I, it, I'm, I'm the builder here. You're working for me. But I'm in charge, and I'm responsible, and I'm, I got this, I've got this, I'm God. Unless the Lord builds the house, then those who are laboring are labor, labor in vain. And, and then he goes into verse 2, right, and says, Hey guys, it's vain for you to rise up early and to stay up late, to eat the bread of sorrow and worry. For, for so, he gives his beloved sleep because he knows we need rest. 
Isn't that so good? So when you, when you look at this, it doesn't mean that we, don't, that we don't fulfill the responsibilities that He's given us. It doesn't mean that, that you shouldn't get up early at times and stay up late at times to finish a project for certain things. I mean, sometimes you got to pull the ox out of the ditch when the ox is in the ditch, right? So we, under, we understand that. We'll talk a little bit more about that in just, in just a little bit. But, 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 but it, it, he's saying that sometimes you're required to work long hours. All this stuff, but... but, but and, and, and again, it doesn't mean that you, you shouldn't do this at times, but it's saying that, guys, we need to trust Him. This whole, the, whole, this whole, the whole core of those two verses is, guys, if you trusted me, you're going to have great sleep. There's a scripture that says, I keep in perfect peace, uh, I keep in perfect peace those whose uh, uh, minds are steadfast on me. That means He gives you perfect peace when your eyes are locked on Him. Even in the midst of a storm, even when things are tumbling down around you, come on guys. So this Scripture isn't about having to late work late one night or wake up. This Scripture is about toiling all the time, non-stop morning. I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. I can't get this. Done. I've got to do that. I've got to go. Like, like, come on, man. No, God. God's so much bigger than that, guys. And it's really learning for us, I just feel like God just is going to, he, He's wooing us. Like you can feel this woo. He's taking, but guys, we've got to learn to trust in Him, right? Trust in Him. Yes, we labor. Yes, we, we step up. Yes, we serve. Yes, we help in the nursery. We do the youth. We pre, we, but come on, we've also got to learn how to balance out the rest in, in hearing the heart of God. Just knowing that He's the builder, He's creator, to not be overwhelmed. Come on, man. And, and really, just can, I just can I just tell you today that guys, um, man, if you're constantly pushing yourself beyond, what's, beyond God's boundaries for your life, you're, you're going to miss a blessing. You are. Um, God designed times for individual to rest individually, to, to, to rest as a family, right? How many of you see so much of that lack today? Right? We may even be all like in the same vicinity, but we're not together like we used to be. And so I just feel like there's so many different things that God's calling us back to and just remembering that He's good, amen? And just learning how to be still and know that He's God and just resting in His presence is so good. So um, let's go to uh, jump to Hebrews Let's jump into the New Testament. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read a little bit of Hebrews, and I'm gonna take you to story in Matthew, and and uh, let's go to Hebrews real quick. Hebrews in chapter three, and then uh, we're gonna we're gonna actually start at verse uh, sixteen. Then we're gonna read a little bit into chapter four. So you guys got it? You there? Okay. So Hebrews in chapter three. Is everybody okay? Hebrews in chapter three. Starting with verse 16. For who, having heard, rebelled? Indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt led by Moses? Now with whom was he angry forty years? Was it not those who sinned, whose corpses fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he answer that they would not enter his rest, but to those who did not obey? So we see that they could not enter because of unbelief. They didn't enter physical rest and they weren't able to enter into dominion rest, the place of rest that God had for them in the promised land. Verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 1, Therefore, since a promise remains of entering, everybody say, His rest, let us fear, lest it, any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed, the Gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. So just, a, just a little pause, side note real quick. Guys, faith activates the Word. So you look, at, you look at the Word is seed and faith is the water. 
It's why people can come into a service where seed is being sown and people will walk out completely life-altered, changed by the Word because faith they had faith that activated the seed and the seed come alive inside of them. And there's always other people that don't have faith, that don't apply the faith, and that seed just lays there dormant until faith is applied to it. Okay, so that, but I'm not preaching on faith today, but that's just a good thing to know. And then verse 3, For we who have believed uh, do enter that rest. As He said, So I swore in My wrath that they shall not enter My rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. Verse 4, For, for He uh, has spoken in a certain place of the seventh day in this way, and God rested on the seventh day and uh, from all His works. And again, in this place, they shall not enter My rest. Look at verse 6. Since therefore it remains that some must enter it, and to those to whom it was first preached, did not enter because of disbelief. Again, He designates a certain day, saying in David, today, after such a long time, as it has been said today, if you will hear His voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, then he would, uh, would not afterward have spoken of another day. So there remains therefore, verse 9, a rest for the people of God. For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from His. Okay, isn't that, isn't that good, guys? Uh, can I just say real quick, God, God knew that we were going to be engaged in battles against power and principalities. He knew that. He's our Creator. Um, warfare can be intense. Well, not that it can be. Warfare is intense. It's always intense. Um, and, and he wants us to know that there is that there's rest and that that he is calling us to rest. Um, I just feel like this is it, this isn't a, a normal hot, fiery, everybody shouting, excited sermon. Um, but I feel like this is probably one of the most sermon, powerful sermons you'll ever hear. Because it's easy in church culture to say. Do, 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 do. Work, 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 work. Pray, intercede, fast. It's nonstop. It's seven days a week, all year long. You never, like God's, God's pleased in that. And we are to work the ground. We are to labor. We are to do these things. But, I, but I'm telling you what, we need to come under the thoughts of God and understand the design of God and understand that God equips us in times of rest that therefore make you more equipped and powerful for the days and moments that you're laboring. And so God, help us to hear, hear you and understand that He's calling to the, us to this. Um, I want to talk about two Two types of rest real quick. And, uh, um, well, here, so here we go. I'm just going to dive in. But, but we, everybody say Shabbat. So we have, we, have, we have what's known of as Shabbat. And, uh, and so, uh, which Shabbat is the Hebrew word for physical rest. Okay? Um. It's the, it's the seventh day rest. Uh, believing, believing Jews um, observe Shabbat. Now their Shabbat, their seventh day rest, um, is, is, uh, starts at sundown on Friday night and goes until sundown on Saturday night. So it's a full 24 hours. So if you're in Israel... Friday's a busy day because people are they're running everywhere and they're getting they're inviting family they're getting their invitations out they're getting food prepped because they're not going to cook they're not going to work they're not getting there like it's all going to be done they're going to the grocery store they're getting last minute things right they're getting everything ready and uh and then it from from sundown on Friday to sundown on Sunday everyone's where they're going to go because it because the place is shut down 
every every week, every every Shabbat, every Friday night to Saturday. And it's twenty. It's one of the most glorious things to be a part of. And it's not. It's their favorite day of the week. It's not kind of like ah oh, Sunday's coming. I gotta go indoor two hours of church and then. You know, and then whatever. Like it's it's such such an amazing amazing thing to to learn and see how how it's done and and how they handle that. But 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 in uh, in uh, uh, we're not we're not we're not bound to that. Listen to me. In Christ, we're not bound to that. But we are bound to Sabbath. Come on, we are bound to rest. And that's what I want to drive home today if I could. And so this, this day that God designed, the, a seventh day to, to, to Shabbat, to have physical rest is so important for us. And just to commune with Him. Okay, so, so I have Shabbat. And then everybody say Nuach. Nuach. Now Nuach is a beautiful. It means to dwell with. So in Scripture, two types of rest you have Shabbat, physical rest, and then you have Nuach, which means to dwell. That means that we enter into His rest. It's like when you picture, when you picture Adam and Eve in the garden walking with God, right? That was Nuach. They were dwelling with and resting in His presence. Okay? So we have, we have Shabbat, we have physical rest, and we have Nuah, enjoying Him. Um, and, and for us today in Christ, that means to, to rest in the, in the finished work of Jesus. Amen? To truly learn to rest in the finished work of Jesus. So when you look at this then, grab, grab a hold of this. When you look at this then, we observe the Sabbath... Our seventh day of rest, Shabbat, a day of physical rest, okay? Um, one day a week from our normal physical work so that we can walk and dwell with Him and rest in His presence. You say, well, God's omnipresence every day is the day that the Lord has made, Right? I carry it with me all the time and I do devotions. Man, it, it is. It is a seven-day-a-week thing that we enjoy His presence and He's there. And we learn to walk in that. We learn to host His presence. But God designed for us to have a Shabbat every week and to walk, to have a special time in that day of Shabbat where we are just walking with Him and dwelling with Him and enjoying His presence. Think about it. Amen? So it's not, just about, it's not just about, okay, it's Sunday or it's the Lord's Day, and so I just can't do anything, but while I'm not doing anything, then there's no attention on God, there's no focus, there's no pursuit. It don't mean that, that, should, that, that, your, that your Sabbath day is, is to be a day of fasting and weeping and mourning. Right? Now, it's about enjoying His presence, but if we would learn how the two of these things go together. Okay, let me get you to Matthew real quick. You guys good? Is everybody... You're okay? Okay. Uh, go, go to Matthew in chapter 11. I love, the, I love this. This, this is, so, is going to be so beautiful, guys. This invitation in the heart of God of what He's calling us to. Let's look at this in Matthew and eleven, and then uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in at verse twenty eight because uh, remember, like in the original writings, there's no there's no chapter breaks here, so this would what I'm about to read would all flow in together. So so uh, Matthew eleven, and then in verse twenty eight, like just just listen to this, read this, hear this together. Verse twenty eight. Look at what listen to what Jesus says. He says, "Come to me." All of you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lonely in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Guys, isn't that beautiful? Like this invitation from our Savior to say, come to me. 
Your rest is in me. Come to me, all you who labor. Come on, man. All of you, all of you who are heavy laden, come to me, and I will give you rest. Now, Jesus just said that. Now, watch, watch what he goes into. So right after this, in chapter 12, then it says, at that time, Jesus went through uh, the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry. He began to pluck the heads of grain and to eat the grain. And when the Pharisees saw it, they say to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath. Lord forbid they would grab a grain. And so Jesus turns then to the Pharisees and he says, Have you not read what David did when he was hungry? He and those who were with him, and how he entered the house of God and he ate the, the showbread, which was, not, which was not lawful for him to eat, nor uh, for those who were with him, but only for the priest. Now watch this. Or, have you not read in the law that on the Sabbath the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless? Verse 6, Yet I say to you that in this place there is one greater than the temple. Verse 7, but if you had known what this means, that I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would, you would not have condemned the guiltless, for the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Isn't that powerful? Now watch. It's still the Sabbath. And when He had departed from there, He went into their synagogues. Religious leaders still watching him. And behold, here comes a man who had a withered hand. And, and they asked him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath that they might uh, uh, try to accuse Jesus? And then watch what Jesus says to them. What man is there among you who has one sheep? And if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will not lay hold of it and lift it out? Or how much more value then is a man than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out. And the man's hand was restored as whole as the other. Then the Pharisees went out, plotted against him that, that, that they might uh, destroy him. I just love this passage of Scripture. I love kind of watching. How many of you saw this in The Chosen, in, this in, Cho in the season three? Right? And I love they were walking through there and they just grabbed that, they grabbed that grain. And, but this is so beautiful. To me, now we're stepping in to what the Sabbath truly looks like in Christ, right? Now that He, he has finished things for us. And so we look at this and it's just a beautiful picture of the Sabbath. And so, first of all, it goes together. And Jesus says, Come to Me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And then He goes in and then He teaches then on the Sabbath. So, I want you just to, to, to get this. The Pharisees, religious leaders, religious people, had turned what was meant to be a blessing into a religious burden to be lived out by religious rules. Don't do this to your kids. Don't do this to your children. Teach them to obey the Sabbath and teach them how good the Sabbath is. It should be the day that they look forward to the most throughout the whole week if we're doing it right. Come on, guys. They basically missed the whole purpose of observing the Sabbath because they lost sight of the Lord of the Sabbath. So then it was just a routine. It was just a day that they didn't do anything. And Jesus sets him straight and He says, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. Come and enter My rest. Come and enter My rest. Come to Me. And then He says, if your sheep falls into a pit, it's okay. Pull it out. For it's lawful. It's lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Can I just say, the goal of the Sabbath is to be a blessing of God, not a burden to you. I feel like we all know this, and I'm kind of struggling a little bit, but I, but I don't know that we're doing it. And I really had some exciting things that I wanted to preach on that could really stir up a fire, and it was going to be a lot of fun, and it was going to get really loud. And then, I think this is where God's calling us to. 
I think He's calling us to reverence. I think He's calling us to... Well, I don't have time to, to take rabbit trails, but Pastor Jason last year preached about on... Maybe it was the year before, I don't know. Um, but he preached a message on breaking through the awkward, like with relationships. You guys remember that? The awkward... I think it's awkward for a large part of the church to rest in the presence of God. I think it's awkward for a large part of the church to be still before God because we're used to being busy before Him all the time. So we need to be saying something, listening to something, doing something, hearing something, or whatever. And we enter into these like three-minute windows of just quietness, and it's like we're, we're kind of looking around sometimes. Like Sometimes it's awkward spending a long time with someone that you don't know. You ever had to like ride in a car with someone that you didn't know very well for maybe an extended period of time? It's just the two of you, and it's really weird. Like, why it's pretty today. Look at that cow over there. And you just kind of wait until you kind of can come in. It's kind of, and I, I think that when we were in worship today, I think I said it in prayer time, but I feel the Lord wooing you. And can I just tell you that, that there's no awkwardness on His part of being alone with you because you're His favorite. He could just sit with you all day long and just dwell with you. It's His heart. The awkwardness is us learning how to be sons and daughters and not slaves and hirelings and just be with Him. I can just be with my wife and it's not awkward. We can travel, we can talk, we can not talk, we can just be together because we just you can feel it because, it, because we just know each other because there's, there's intimacy there in our relationship. And I feel like God's calling us to a place of breaking through the awkwardness where even even corporately where we can just learn how to be still just listen for him right is that okay anyways um, the essence of this is if God created the universe in six days and rested on the seventh that he's strong enough to handle your responsibilities for one day while you physically rest and, and enjoy His presence and His goodness. Alright? I'm going to hit two things real quick. and I'm, I'm going to pray for everyone here in just a moment. But I felt like there was two areas that I wanted to hit on that are... I just felt like they, they need to be answered. One is, um, what day is your Sabbath? What day is your Sabbath? Um, if you could just grab a hold of this with me. I believe, I believe as, as Gentiles, as, as, as Christ, as His children, I believe that it's, I believe that we need to learn as much as we could about God, God's ways through Scripture and how He, what He led the children of Israel into, because I feel like that we can see God's heart in all those things. But I also think if we're not careful, we can get, understand that we're not, you're not bound to that today as a child of God because Jesus broke that off. So what day is your Sabbath? And I just want to say this real quick. I just feel like it needs to be said in church. But I think we miss God's heart when we try to legislate when we try to legislate which day to celebrate. What I mean by that is, is I feel like in church culture today, in church, uh, most of in our world here, uh, Sunday is the Sabbath day. Sunday's the day of rest. Sunday's the day that most of us collectively would have off the most together. And so we've established that day, understanding that going back to the biblical calendar, that the first day of the week is actually Sunday, which on our calendars, go look at your calendar, Sunday is the first day on there, right? So the Sabbath day would have been Friday, that Friday night and then all day Saturday. And so we understand that principle. And, and even where I've had some people that, you know, they, were, they don't, you shouldn't have church on Sunday at all because church really isn't then the biblical 
Sabbath day and all of this different stuff. And I just want to say, man, let the Holy Spirit lead you. But again, I think that we become kind of like the Pharisees when we get stuck on a day. And, and, and I want to help some people out because I feel like there's people that have felt shamed through, through church um, because some people uh, are off through the week and have to work a weekend shift, right? And then some people work rotating shifts where, where they're off maybe a weekend, but then maybe another weekend. So we got all these different dynamics in our culture today, and we could preach this sermon and make people that feel like they've either got to quit their jobs or they're, they, they don't love God as much as the rest of us because they do have to work on Sunday. I'm just going to say, we need to stop all that kind of foolishness. And understand really the thoughts of God and the heart of God behind His command to have a seventh day and to keep it holy. This is what God said. God said, work six days and rest on the seventh. That's what God said. He said, work six days and He says, rest on the seventh. So I don't believe He is nearly concerned about which day as long as we take one. You have one. That you have a Sabbath day. Again, the goal, like the goal, is to enjoy spending time with Him and, and allowing yourself to rest and to enjoy the fruit of the labor. Now, with where we're at today, and, and with most churches holding our corporate services on Sundays, you know, the the downside for some of you that have to work off and on. We've got people I know that are working today. I miss them. I miss them. I usually they'll pop in my mind Sunday afternoon. And I'll shoot them a text and say, hey, you know, I, I missed you today. You know, Jeremy, I missed you today. I'm sorry that you had to work today or whoever, whoever that it is. But, uh, but I think just understanding God's heart uh, in this for us of knowing what, what, what it looks like. And again, the, the downside if you have to work on Sunday is you, you miss corporate fellowship for that week, which is so important, right? Of being together. And uh, thank God we have our online ministries now and things like that where people can at least watch the message and this and that. But, but can I just say that you're not going to go to hell and you're not any less of a child of God if you can't have a Sabbath day on Sunday. Is everybody good? Now, what can you do on a Sabbath? Should it be a day of mourning and weeping and full out intercession? And maybe that'll be a part of it in there. But what 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 do we do? Like what again, we gotta when we look at this, it just can't be the the what, but the why. And so when you really look into the scripture. There's really no religious protocol for the church that has been birthed in Christ. No ritual or ceremony that we have to follow. Because again, Jesus fulfilled all of that stuff for us. And I, again, I, 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 learned, I love learning the Jewish, Jewish culture for the believers and how they Shabbat. Because it's amazing. They know... They know how to do it from the perspective if it's all centered around God and it's all centered around rest. All they do is eat, drink wine, sing, read scriptures, rest, play with the kids, have family in. Like it's just like a, it, it's a, but when you watch it, it's, it's so devoted to just being focused on God for that day. But, but guys, I just, I need you to understand that Jesus says, I am Lord of the Sabbath. So, so, it just says, do no regular work. Work on six days, and on the seventh day, do no regular work. Rest. So the goal then, so if you look at it then, like the goal of today is our Sabbath is to enjoy God. Don't worry about what's going to happen this week. Don't worry about all the deadlines. Don't worry about who said they're going to call in sick. You know you're going to be short on staff. It's going to be a little harder week for you. Or maybe you know you got a meeting coming up on Tuesday that's going to be a difficult meeting. Like, all, like we got all the like our mind. It never stops. Again, then we're laying on that bed like it said in, in, uh, in, in, in Psalms and we're not sleeping good, right? Because we're not trusting that He's got this stuff that's going to work out okay. 
So, so when you really look at the heart of it, guys, it's not, about, it's not about hoops. It's not about ceremonial stuff. It's not about, it's just about, it's about rest. It's about, it's about Shabbating and it's about uh, Ruaking. Ruach. Shabbat and Ruach. I got that right. Ruaking. Kind of like rocking, but Ruaking. It's about resting physically and it's about dwelling with and resting in His presence and enjoying ourselves whenever we're doing it. Amen? The goal is to enjoy God. It's, it's the, the goal is to have a day that you enjoy His blessings. That you that enjoy your family, enjoy your friends. It should be, it should be a time to celebrate what is beautiful and what is good. Uh, to enjoy the Lord and the blessing given. So what, what do you do on Shabbat? You play with your kids. You play with your kids. You, you have friends over and you make a big meal and you share food and you love one another and you share testimonies and you talk about the goodness of God and you invite a neighbor in maybe so that they could feel the love of God that's pouring out of you guys and, and you just spend the day with family and friends and you share meals and again, you maybe sing a little bit and you just, you just enjoy the Word of God together and you sleep maybe. You nap maybe. I don't know. Some of you nap. I don't nap. I sleep at night. Very good. I lay down. I'm gone. I don't nap. Now today we'll go home and Lori, she's blessed with it. She can do it. And we'll eat and we'll go home and we'll chill out just a little bit. As soon as I know, bam, she's entered his rest. I'll go outside and I'll get my old man grabber so I don't have to bend over in a five-gallon bucket. And I just kind of walk around my yard because I enjoy doing it. And I pick up gumballs. It's awesome. <laughs> Don't judge me. I'm not working. I enjoy it. And I'm listening to music and I'm worshiping and I'm talking to God and I'm praying for people. And I'm just enjoying His presence and one gumball at a time. Boop. It's amazing how fast you can fill up a five-gallon bucket with that little grabber and you never even have to bend over. It's awesome. Some of you guys, you're welcome for that. Walmart's going to sell out of grabbers today. What's it look like, guys? What's it look like? If you're married, if you're married and you haven't been able to connect with your spouse, maybe you need to make love. Maybe you need to take a walk. Come on. You just rest. Life is flowing through you and your spouse and you're just talking and you start sharing. We just slow everything down. And we be together. We're with our family. You, you talk to that friend and you walk with them. I'm just saying, we've got to learn how to truly enter into the rest of, of the Lord. Amen? And new walk. New walk. Enter. It's, the, it's not just that physical rest. Because if we're just entering in that, that to, to Shabbat, but we're not entering into new walk, then we're really missing we're really missing what it's all about. Amen? Because it's also about just dwelling with and communing with Him. and um, It should be a day of spiritual refreshing and giving thanks to the One who's the source of our life. For Jewish people, it can be, a, a, from our, my perspective, it could be a little bit laborsome because um, there's, you don't do anything. And... A lot of preparation has to go into it and all this kind of stuff. And completely, completely different than, than how we, how, what, what, we're, what we're accustomed to. And I thought, man, there's so much that has to be done in advance and plan and all this stuff. And, but I, we were there in Israel and I was, I was uh, talking with Gil one day and we, had, we, we celebrated Shabbat with his whole family. All of his family came to the, to the hotel there in Israel and the hotel goes on Shabbat too. Like even the elevators go on Shabbat mode. You can't even push the button. It won't let you. It just goes from floor to floor to floor and then you get off and you can't even... I'm just saying there's so many... And we just celebrated this thing, but I got looking at some of the ceremonial part, some of the ritual part of it and this and that. And we were, I was with Gil and I asked him one day and I said, I said, um, I said what, 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 what do you... What, do you dread anything or what do you like least about... Shabbat, about your Sabbath, about how you guys celebrate this day of rest. And he didn't even bat an eye. He, there was no hesitation. He said, the only thing that I, that I don't look forward to is when it's over with. 
he said basically on on Sunset on Saturday when Shabbat ends, we we instantly start preparing and thinking about and looking forward to Friday evening when the sun sets to re- enter in to Shabbat and Ruach. Come on, somebody, Amen. What? Well, that's all I got. I feel like that was a lot. Some of you are like, praise the Lord. It's time for us to Shabbat now, Scott. You have worn us to a friend. I just, uh, I just want to make sure that we're hearing the voice of God. And, and I'm just so grateful for His heart. Aren't you grateful for His heart? And I just feel like God's wooing us and that He's calling us to places of rest. And he, I also feel like He's trying to break off maybe some religious mindsets that we have of what it looks like, what we thought it looked like, and what we have to do maybe to try to please God, when in the end, He just wants us to be with Him. And when you're being with Him, and, you're, and your ox falls in the ditch, or your sewer line backs up like what happened with us a couple weeks ago, then you know what you do? You take care of it. And He's right there giving you strength through the process of it. And, and, but understanding God's design for us to have physical rest and have a day as family and friends that we ruach and dwell with Him and learn to break past that awkward of just really learning to have a day shut down without our phones, without busyness. Come on. And just, and just enjoying Him and the blessings of what He has around us in that moment. And I believe that as you do, that you're going to be able to encounter God in new ways and experience His peace and His presence. And and He's going to dial in and tune your ears and your spirit into Him with greater sensitivity to even begin to hear the things the Lord's saying. And it's just going to take you deeper and deeper and deeper into His calling and purpose for your life. Amen? Let's be a people that learns how to enter into His rest. There are people that say uh, and would preach that when the Scripture says entering into His rest, that that means whenever we get to heaven. Well, guys, that is our final place of ending. That, that's complete rest right there. Amen? But, but when Jesus said it was finished on the cross... He made a way for us to... He said, come to Me, all you, all you who are heavy laden and burdened, and I will give you rest. He is, he, is, he is inviting you right now as a son and daughter to learn how to right now on earth in the midst of chaos to Shabbat and Ruach and enjoy His rest right now. You don't have to... I'm here to tell someone today that you can start sleeping. I'm telling you, there are people here today that are not have not been able to sleep. You have not been able to sleep. You cannot rest. It's hard to shut your mind down. You're worried. The, the, yes, everything happened in the world, in your family. I'm here to tell you what. What Jesus did for you, He made a way for you to enter rest right now. But we've got to enter into it. We've got to learn to Shabbat. Right? We've got to learn to rest our bodies and take that day as, and, and then learn to Ruach with God and learn to dwell with Him. Amen? And just enjoy His goodness. And that's going to put us in position for what God's going to release in us and through us. Amen. Amen. Well, stand with me and let me pray over you, God. Well, there's no peace without Him. So the first step is to make sure that your heart is right with the Lord. If there's anyone in here this morning that hasn't invited Jesus to be Lord and Savior in your life, then... I encourage you to pray with me in just a moment. For the rest of us that are here as the body of Christ, I pray that you hear the voice of God today. And I know this wasn't a fiery message. This is the heart of God today because He is truly calling His people to rest. Calling His people back to a place of rest and learning how to truly just dwell in His presence. So that's what I'm going to pray into us today. And you just see it. You sense it. It's what's happening in these young people. It's what's happening all, all over our nation right now, man. It's not, it's not, and maybe, maybe it'll turn into a wildfire. Maybe it'll, maybe it'll turn into signs and wonders and miracles and manifestations of the Spirit. But right now, God's saying right now, what I'm calling my people to is I'm calling them to rest. I'm calling them to a, to a place of belonging. 
a place of belonging. I really feel He's wooing you to find a place of belonging and rest, guys. And truly just be able to trust in Him. Just trust in Him. So I just want to pray over you. I'm going to, I'm going to release, release you guys with this, but I don't know. If you just want to receive this, I just always invite you to stretch up your hands just because I just kind of feel like that physical, that physical, that's a physical step. He sees it. And so I know I need this, guys. If anyone knows me, knows that I need this sermon, you know that I need to learn to rest more, and I know a lot of people do. So God, I just thank You for Your Word today, Lord. I thank You for Your Word today, God, and I just thank You for Your heart. And we thank You for Your mind, God, that we can that through Your Word and through Your voice that we can, we can have Your mind, we can live through Your mind, and not just, not just the, the whys, but the what, the, the how, the when, the what, what You want us to do through something. So God, today as Your church, we just say, God, help us, help us, come to me, come to me, come to me. I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. The, Jesus says, I'm the Lord of Your Sabbath. Come to me, come to me. All you who labor and are heavy laden, and I'm going to give you rest, enter into me. Take my yoke upon you, child. Take my, take my yoke upon you. Lay it at my feet and release it to me. Release it to me. I've built you and established you and created you to Shabbat. You were designed to rest. Six days I labored and on the seventh rest. And I'm calling you, I'm calling my church back to rest. To ruach with me, to dwell with me. To truly learn how to just enjoy my presence and to be refreshed physically and spiritually and mentally and emotionally and just to get recharged and to get refocused. God says, I just want to be with you, son. I just want to be with you, daughter. So God, as a church, teach us how to, how to Sabbath. Teach us, God, how to Shabbat, not in religious formalities or ceremonies, but just as your sons and daughters, how to Sabbath, how to enter past the awkward and truly learn to ruach, to dwell with you, God. I just speak rest and I speak peace and I speak obedience into this church family that we are a body that truly enters into your rest. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us this week. Until next time.